Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us today. What a great week it is. What a great day it is. We've got Duke football taking on North Carolina. We discussed that all throughout today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils, a daily podcast talking about everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. Your support means the absolute world. On Five Star Fridays, we give shout-outs to folks who have left a five-star rating and written review, and we would love to do that for you if you took the time to leave us a great review. On today's program, like I mentioned, we're going to have a crossover episode with our good buddy Isaac Shade, the host of Locked on Tar Heels, to talk everything you need to know about the Duke versus UNC football game coming up. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. And also make sure you subscribe on YouTube to watch our show each and every day. We're climbing towards 1,000 subscribers. That's our big goal. Help us get there. Let's get to it. Today's crossover episode of Locked on Blue Devils. Boy, oh boy, it's great to be talking Carolina and Duke, but it's not February and it's not March. No, we have a meaningful football game between the Tar Heels and Blue Devils coming up, and that's why Isaac Shade and J.J. Jackson are here with you today, the host of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J., the host of Locked On Tar Heels, Isaac, to help get you set and ready for this game coming up on Saturday. We're going to talk right now about the Duke side of things, and so J.J., Duke is 4-2. and two. More wins in their first five games than they had all of last season. Uh, wins so far over Temple, Northwestern, North Carolina, A&T, and Virginia, who is struggling. The two losses came to Kansas, 35-27, and to in overtime to Georgia Tech just last week, 23-20. Total of 11 points uh, deficit in those losses, both one-possession games. Uh, man, so the Blue Devils are very close to being 5-1 and one or 6-0. and oh. J.J., what's going right for the Blue Devils in Mike Elko's first season? Yeah, you're not kidding. It has been a lot of right for Duke so far this season. I was not expecting to be in this position, truthfully, coming into the Duke and North Carolina game. There's a lot for grabs in this one, and I think Duke uh, is a much more intimidating opponent for the rest of the conference, North Carolina included, given what we've seen through the first six weeks of the year. What's gone right for Duke has simply been the play at quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, watching ACC football over the years, who in the world is Duke's quarterback? You haven't been able to know because every year post-Daniel Jones, it's changed five straight seasons <laughs> of different quarterbacks. Around and around they go. And so finally this sophomore and Riley Leonard got his opportunity to be that guy out of Fairhope, Alabama, and has really taken the reins of this offense Mm. and said, you know what, I'm going to be one of the most productive quarterbacks that Duke has had since Daniel Jones. And because of his play, the offense has really elevated the way in which they play, and they've been able to put a lot of points on the board. So I've been really impressed at that quarterback spot for Duke to start the year. What, What exactly is it, JJ, that Riley Leonard is doing that's helping make that offense go? 
taking care of the football. And, and Isaac, that is, that's a very simple answer to give you. But you look at back what Duke's done over the past few years. Gunnar Holmberg a year ago was turnover prone. The year prior, Chase Bryce had the most turnovers of FBS quarterbacks. Well, his lone season after he played a couple of years at Clemson, transfers into Duke, and now he's doing good things at App State. I mean, he had a hell of a game <laughs> against North Carolina earlier this year. But that one season as Duke's starting quarterback, the only word to describe his performance was terrible. I mean, he just could not <laughs> take care of the football. And Riley Leonard has done that. Duke has valued uh, their possessions, has tried their best to put points on the board every opportunity possible, even if that is settling for a field goal and that sort of thing. So, uh, And then on top of that, he has been able to take shots down the field. That's been a pleasant um, bright spot for him being this young in his uh, Duke career, right out of the gates, first game, we saw him take some shots down the field. It's not a lot of dump-off passes to running backs like Duke had with Mateo Durant a year ago. It's like, yeah. hey, we've got some weapons out there utilizing it. And then, yeah, most importantly, don't turn over the football. And that's exactly <laughs> what Riley Leonard's done. That's great to hear for the Blue Devils. Now, there's also the the running game for Duke. And from what I've seen, it's been a pretty even split between Jalen Coleman and Jordan Waters. In fact, I, I was looking up the numbers just a little bit ago. They are dead even with 58 carries each this season. Not to mention Riley Leonard is the second leading rusher currently on this team. What, what are the Blue Devils doing well in the ground game? And not to mention a week ago, it was Jaquez Moore that had the most carries out of anybody in the backfield, another freshman running back. I, I think just being able to split reps has been a great thing for this team. You knew that, look, Duke did go 3-9 and nine last year in the final season of David Cutcliffe's 14-year tenure as a head coach. Uh, and it just wasn't great to watch the football team outside of number 21 in the backfield. Mateo Durant broke the school single-season record last year for rushing yards. Really remarkable stuff for Duke running the football, but Mateo Durant's not there anymore, so you've got to have a more balanced attack, a more balanced approach. And you mentioned being tied in carries there with Coleman and Waters. They've been effective. They've you know been able to uh, kind of spell Riley Leonard as well, and his ability to use his legs too has made it uh, a, a pretty dangerous rushing attack for this Duke football team. That's great. So, JJ, let's, uh, you know, you hate to bring up losses, but in those games uh, at Kansas and against Georgia Tech, which, listen, let's not sleep on the Jayhawks. They're having a solid year thus far. What what were the issues that led, and I, again, I know it was close games and could have very much gone in Duke's favor, but what ultimately led to Duke not being able to pull out those wins? Yeah, I mean, you look at the two losses in this past week was definitely more worrisome than the Kansas loss because Kansas has proven to be a really good football team. And uh, at that quarterback spot, Riley Leonard put up really good numbers, still had over 300 yards passing on the day. And uh, you mentioned his play so far this season. Last week, however, against Georgia Tech, he was under 50% passing with his completion percentage and then also threw for 100 and fewer than 150 yards. He had done that the week prior against Virginia, but still had a line of 12 for 16, something along those lines, a buck 40. If you told me going into that Virginia game that Riley Leonard would have less than 150 yards passing, I don't know how Duke would have been able to beat Virginia. But then you turn on the film, you watch how well they run the football, you re remember this is Virginia, uh, and, and, and it starts to make a little bit of sense because that has been uh, one of the strangest teams in the conference so far this year. So uh, definitely their inability 
to have a productive passing game this past week against Georgia Tech really hurt them, um, which is unfortunate because Riley Leonard has played so well to start the year. He did have an interception, um, which, you know, taking care of the football, again, remains uh, the paramount objective. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's just been a little bit of inconsistencies in their losses on the offensive side of the ball. Well, the nice thing is that even when the offense isn't performing great, you've got a defense right now for the Blue Devils who are allowing just 19.7 points per game, going to be tested obviously this week against the Tar Heels offense, coming in averaging 42.3 points per game. What is it that the Blue Devils have been able to do defensively to limit their opponents to under 20 points a game? Yeah, defense is the name of the game when you play for Mike Elko. And, you know, he's the former defensive coordinator at Texas A&M the past few seasons, had a run at Notre Dame and spent a lot of years at Wake Forest with Dave Clawson helping run that Demon Dinkin defensive unit. Last year, the Heisman Trophy winner in our sport of college football was Bryce Young. He was only defeated twice, once in the title game and in the regular season, defeated by a Mike Elko coached defense in Texas A&M. So this guy knows his stuff when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. The big question mark going into the year was the secondary. There are known commodities on the defensive line for Duke and Dwayne Carter and R.J. Oban and V.J. Anthony. They've made plays. Shaka Hayward was the leading tackler. He's one of the only players on Duke's defense that's getting all-conference recognition and preseason outlets and that sort of thing. Everybody was wanting to know what is going to be this Duke secondary, what in the world are they going to look like? And they have really stepped up to the challenge. I've been really impressed with what we've got from somebody like Brandon Johnson stepping up Mm. and making plays. Jalen Stinson has been active on the defensive side of the football for Duke. So their secondary stepping up when they need it to has been a big bright spot for the Duke defense. You love to see it. All right, folks, that is a great primer from J.J. Jackson on the Blue Devils football team, what they've been doing so far this year. Much more for you coming about North Carolina and Duke in just a second. This episode of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. And boy, does it really hurt. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get $5 or more cash back with your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back with your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Upside users are earning more than $1 million every week. That's why they have a 4.8 rating on the App Store. Upside, a proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. It's a Locked On crossover. Locked On Blue Devils and Locked On Tar Heels colliding ahead of the big game coming up this weekend between Duke and North Carolina from Wallace Wade Stadium. 8 p.m. Eastern kickoff, a late one under the lights. I'm J.J. Jackson with uh, Isaac Shade from Locked On Blue Devils. And Isaac, we talked about Duke. Now let's talk about the North Carolina Tar Heels. Tell me a little bit about this Tar Heels team this season. Five and one on the year. And the talk around the country so far has been the play of your quarterback in Drake May. 
And that's absolutely the very first and main talking point, JJ. This guy is now in the top 10 on Bet Online's odds to win the Heisman. I mean, who would have saw that coming out of a preseason when you didn't even know who was going to be the starting quarterback until game week of the first game of the Tar Heels season? But Drake May has come in and not made folks forget about Sam Howell, but man, coming out of the Sam Howell era when you thought it couldn't get any better, it has been. Um, and, and that's just the reality is that you've got other skill position players who have grown, and that's obviously helpful to him. But there is just a poise and a moxie about this young man that you just don't often see in a red shirt freshman. Now, he did come back down to earth ever so slightly last week in the win down at Miami through picks, two of them, one right before halftime, one right after time. Prior to that, had only thrown one interception on the entire season. However, when you contrast that with the other numbers, currently Drake May is tied for the national lead with C.J. Stroud for the most touchdowns responsible for in the nation at 24. Third in the nation with passing touchdowns, 21. He's third in the nation in quarterback rating. He's just making all the right reads, um, not holding on to the ball too long, getting out of the pocket. He looks comfortable and poised, making good throws with good reads, good progressions, but also making very difficult throws. Had an insane touchdown pass to Josh Downs last weekend, Carolina's leading receiver. Like basically a fadeaway as the defender is diving at his knees and just put it right on the pocket. Drake May is doing everything that you could have hoped for and more for this Tar Heels offense. Yeah, you talk about the Tar Heels offense and coming up at the conclusion of our podcast today, Isaac, we'll talk a little bit about the the major keys for, for Duke and North Carolina win these games. And definitely limiting the passing attack is something that we'll focus on from the Duke side of things. In terms of those weapons, however, one of the names you just brought up in Josh Downs has been so electric last season for North Carolina and continuing it this season, however. But we know with any great passing attack, for a quarterback to have 21 passing touchdowns, <laughs> it's not just Josh Downs right. that he's been throwing the football to. And quite honestly, through the first couple of weeks of the season, if memory serves, Josh Downs wasn't one of the bigger commodities of the Tar Heel passing game. Who have been some of those top target targets this season? That's a great question, JJ. And part of the reason he was not one of those top commodities the first couple games is he sustained an injury in Carolina's first game of the season. And so actually had to miss a couple games. Okay. And honestly, if we're being real about it, that was probably the best thing for the Tar Heels, who had option one, two, three, and 47 as Josh Downs <laughs> last year. And so Drake May needed some more targets to be able to throw to. One of those, the biggest name you need to know outside of Josh Downs is Antoine Green. Now, while Josh Downs is the slot receiver, Green is the guy that's going to take the top off the defense. He had missed the first three games of the season, having suffered a collarbone injury this preseason, came back against Notre Dame, has had multiple touchdowns of over 50 yards already, and so is a perfect complement, deep threat to Josh Downs. Now, Drake May is not Sam Howe, for those of you who remember him, in terms of just deep shot after deep shot after deep shot. Drake May is taking what the defense gives to him. If it is that deep shot to someone like Antoine Green, fantastic. He's going to go after it. But if it's Josh Downs, wherever he's at, that's great too. Some other things you need to know about the passing attack are the tight ends. Carolina starts Kamari Morales, but then has two other guys in Bryson Nesbitt and John Copenhaver who also come in and are really strong threats. While it's Morales that starts, it's Nesbitt that's actually probably the most 
NFL draftable player out of that tight end group. He's kind of this hybrid tight end wide receiver player that uh, Drake May is really starting to show an affinity for. Had 98 yards two weeks ago, a season high or career high, excuse me, in receiving. And so you love to see that. Some other names to know in the receiving game are J.J. Jones, who had a huge touchdown last week. Gavin Blackwell as well. There's a freshman, Andre Green Jr., not to be confused with Antoine Green, um, who is not yet seeing the field very often, but has freakish talent that people are excited to see on display. Talking about that passing attack, it's gotten so much publicity as it should because your quarterback has been so dynamic. Again, top 10 in all those stats. Drake May has had an amazing season and surpassed expectations. I think that folks around the conference had for him going into the season. But with any great offense, you do need to have some level of a rushing attack. What does that look like for North Carolina this season? Oh, and that's a, that's a great way to put it, JJ, because coming into the season, Carolina had a running back room with six different running backs in it. Um, one of them who was projected to be the starter, British Brooks, was hurt preseason, out for the year, and will not be back. He He's already said he'll come back next year, but is out this season. And so Carolina has chiefly relied on true freshman summer enrollee, not even early enrollee, summer wow. enrollee, Omarion Hampton, who started uh, beginning in week two and had several starts, but has kind of faded a little bit the past couple weeks. He did have a touchdown last week again, but Caleb Hood has been the guy that has started each of the past two weeks. Carolina went to him on the ground and in the air quite often last week. However, he had to come out of the game twice with injuries. So we're kind of in flux waiting to see what his status will be for this week. But those have been the chief two guys are Hood and Omarion Hampton. If Hood's not able to go, you want to be on the lookout for another true freshman, George Petaway. And he will probably get some more run if Hood is out. The other thing that Carolina has very similar to Duke is that Drake May currently is the second leading rusher on the team. Anytime a quarterback can use his legs, it makes it more challenging for a defense. And we'll see how these defenses fare. Again, Saturday night's game, Duke and North Carolina from Wallace Wade Stadium. All right, before our final timeout, we do got to talk defense for the Tar Heels. <laughs> the right. Duke fans need to know what this looks like because, you know, you look at the numbers, Isaac, and through the first few weeks of the season, a lot of people spent time talking about that defensive unit for the Tar Heels. So many folks are well aware of that 63-61 to 61 showdown <laughs> with right. Appalachian State and 40 points being given up in the final quarter. From the outside looking in, it seems as though the defense is starting to play much better football, though, over the last few weeks. What's been the biggest reason for that? Yeah, that, that's a great point. The consistency, JJ, has been the linebackers who you're looking. It's a 4-2-5 scheme. So you've got two linebackers. That's Cedric Gray and Power Eccles. They're going to have the majority of the snaps. In fact, one of the two of them has been the leading tackler each week. Neither of them has been outside the top three in tackles in any single game this season. And so the issues have been more up front and in the secondary. Uh, part of the problem is Carolina has not been often able to generate much of a push with that front four. But that's been rounding into form a little bit more. From my vantage point, the secondary, while it has struggled, a big part of that reason is because of the lack of push from that front four, which forces the secondary into longer coverage periods each play. Uh, they, too, are rounding into form. you got your cornerbacks in um, Tony Grimes and my favorite name in all of college football, Storm Duck. Yes. And these guys are uh, starting to get back on it. You saw some of that in the past couple weeks. As you said, only 10 points allowed to Virginia Tech two weeks ago. 
and 24 to Miami. So for the first time this season, the Tar Heels, uh, it's like you're celebrating something that's not all that huge of an accomplishment. But for the first time this season, the Tar Heels have allowed fewer than 30 points in, in these two games. Um, now, the question is, is that because Virginia Tech is so porously terrible on offense or is that actually step forward for Carolina's defense it's honestly probably some of both but you look at last week as an example on the road at Miami steps in the right direction Carolina had a huge goal line stand Miami had the ball first and goal at the two Carolina stopped them four straight uh, plays and they were not able to get it in so like that in itself is like man th that was in the second quarter of that game a uh, huge turning point potentially even for the season for that line and then Carolina forced two turnovers in the fourth quarter that helped solidify this game it was not the offense interesting interestingly enough against Miami who only scored six points in that second half it was those defensive bend but not break moments for the Tar Heels in the fourth quarter including a game ceiling interception from DeAndre Boykins Pretty good stuff from that Tar Heels defense over the past few weeks. Gene Chizik, the veteran, back on Mac Brown's coaching staff, uh, right. leading the charge for them on that defensive side. So uh, could be a big storyline going into the game yes. on Saturday. Speaking of big storylines, we'll talk about those and wrap up today's Locked On crossover after this final timeout. Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Duke game throughout the history of the Duke football program. Also, taking a look at this week's thrilling moment from Duke football has got to be that Samir Hagen's punt return touchdown against Georgia Tech. Absolutely electric stuff there. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills an all-new Frontier, Armada, and Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. All right, folks, it is time for our final segment of this Locked On crossover with Locked On Duke and Locked On Tar Heels. Oh, man, got to figure out what's at stake in this game and how exactly it's going to play out between these two teams who seem to have something of an identity, but we're still trying to exactly figure out what that's going to be. So, JJ, as you look at this game in totality, we've talked about both teams. What do you see that's at stake before we kind of get into, like, the nitty-gritty of it? Yeah, outside of just being a massive rivalry, right? And we saw it, of <laughs> course, uh, exemplified on the hardwood this past season. Uh, we have yet to mention the Final Four game, and that's probably for good reason. But here we are on the gridiron with a, a great showdown coming up. And so uh, looking at what's at stake outside of those rivalries, I've been so surprised by what we've seen in the Coastal Division yeah. of the ACC. The Tar Heels <laughs> are in the driver's seat. That's right. And Duke's gotten off to a good start as well with a one in one league mark. And so uh, with the Coastal chaos that we've seen over the last several years, I think positioning in the conference and in these division standings is such a big thing going into the second half of the year. And a big win like this for both of these teams will help in reaching their goals of representing the Coastal Division and the ACC Championship game. I didn't think that that would be up for grabs between these two teams. Yeah. And, of course, this game, at, at, you know, whoever wins this game still has to go out and execute for five more weeks. That's but right. you got to feel good about yourself putting another win 
in that column there. So I, I've just been really impressed with where both of these teams are at. You mentioned the four and two record for Duke, five and one record for North Carolina, no conference losses for the Tar Heels so far this season. I mean, it's a, it's a lot up for grabs in this one. Yeah, I agree. And not to mention in this coastal chaos, it's Georgia Tech that's second in the division right now. What is happening? Like we expected them to be down where Virginia's at, sitting at right. 0-3 in the conference. But like you said, so much on the line in this one. If Carolina can move to 3-0 and in the in the conference and they're in the division, man, really kind of, I wouldn't say a stranglehold, but is really in the driver's seat, as you said. But a win for Duke, man, getting to 2-1, and one, it just feels a whole lot different than 1-2. and two. Not to mention, we're getting towards bowl eligibility status for the Tar Heels. If they win this game, they are already bowl eligible, sixth win of the season. For the Blue Devils, if they were to be able to win, it would put them just one game shy of that bowl eligibility eligibility status. So we're already starting to look towards um, postseason hopes in terms of what these wins mean. And oh, JJ, you better believe we got to talk about what happened on the hardwood. I'm not staying away from it because the Tar Heels are so proud of what happened there. And we have been waiting with bated breath to get that out there and just bring it up all over again, open up all the scabs and uh, let's go with all of that noise. So we have we have not been uh, uh, waiting sadly to get to bring that back up yeah no we're uh we're under 30 <laughs> days away That's from right. a new college basketball season so we'll have a lot more bragging rights up for grabs for sure yes absolutely and so uh getting them into the nitty-gritty how, how do you see this one playing out jj i i think you gotta respect both of these offenses what they've been That's able right. to do so far this year i really think this is going to be an offensive football game it's been this weird paradox in football over the years, Isaac, where you see two amazing defenses. You feel like nobody's going to be able to score. Is this going to be a battle of specialists? And next thing you know, they're scoring a million points. On the other hand, it feels like we've seen a lot of games where you've got outstanding offenses. No one's ever going to be able to come up with the stop. And then next thing you know, That's no right. one knows what touchdowns are in games like this. <laughs> I don't think it's going to fit either of those. I do think the offenses will be able to move the ball. I like what I've seen from Duke's offense so far, and given that there are and have been question marks about that North Carolina secondary for the most part throughout the season, I think Duke's going to be able to move the football. But with that being said, Drake May is the best quarterback Duke has played this season, and it's not even close. Uh, do want to give some love to Jalen Daniels at Kansas for his numbers that he's put yeah. up, like we yeah. mentioned. But Drake May is different. I mean, he has been a game-time game-changer uh, in the sport so far. So I, I think North Carolina's got the edge in this one. I really do, uh, which pains me to say. I just think that North <laughs> Carolina offense is way too good, and I don't think Duke's going to be able to come up with enough stops when it gets down to the end. Yeah, I think that's exactly how I'm looking at this game script. In fact, I, I had written down as I was preparing for our talk today, like this feels like a first team to 30 wins kind <laughs> sure. of game, right? It's not, I'm with you, because I, I think it's somewhere in between, right? The teams are going to score, but I just don't see it being like that App State North Carolina game we talked about earlier when you're into the 
60s. Um, It just feels like if a team, whichever team can get to 30, uh, probably walks away with a victory in this one. Last last time I looked at the line, which was just a little bit ago on Bet Online, which is our our, uh, betting sponsor here on the Locked On Network, uh, North Carolina is favored by seven and over under set at 67 and a half points. That's pretty wacky. And so for me, I'm going to take North Carolina 35, Duke 24. Heels win and cover, but I'm going to say this one actually hits the under kind of to what you were pointing at earlier, JJ. I think it just doesn't quite get as wacky on offense as maybe many people think that it will. Yeah, I, I haven't been able to put as much thought into the score that goes there. And then you're asking me to do the math and adding up whether or not that hits the over, uh, which is a difficult challenge for my brain, Isaac. But um, I, I do think these offenses are going to put up numbers. My gut reaction at first would be uh, to say that they do go over that 67 and yeah. a half. And like I said, I do think North Carolina wins this football game at the end of the day. Okay, folks. Well, get ready for it. I know it's October and everyone's anxiously anticipating basketball season coming up, especially for these two schools. But press pause just for a couple more weeks because we got a big time football game in the ACC Coastal Division coming up on Saturday night at Wallace Wade Stadium between the Duke Blue Devils hosting the North Carolina Tar Heels. For this Locked On crossover, for JJ Jackson, the host of Locked On Blue Devils, and myself, Isaac Shade, the host of Locked On Tar Heels. Thanks so much for diving in with us that wraps up today's episode of lockdown blue devils thanks again to my buddy isaac shade for joining us on the program today thanks again to you for watching the show or listening to us again if you're listening on the podcast platform please make sure that you're subscribed also leave us a five-star rating and written review if you're watching us on youtube i'd love for you to subscribe as well follow us on twitter at lo underscore blue devils and i'm on twitter at underscore jj underscore jackson underscore That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.